covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. And we do welcome you into another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. As we continue to get closer and closer and closer to opening day, you can almost feel it. We've actually had some weather out there here over the last few days that has not been absolutely horrible. And before you know it, the uh, turnstiles are going to be turning over at uh, Miller Park. The roof's going to be opening or closing, and we are going to have baseball that matters. And certainly looking forward to that. Uh, as we always uh, do at the top of the podcast, a couple housekeeping items to take care of. If you do listen to the podcast via Apple Podcast and want to leave a ranking and review, that would be uh, fantastic. The best way to get in contact with me is via Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Do you want to just start this podcast off on a quick personal note, if you will uh, indulge me for a moment, and then we will get into uh, Brewers Baseball. Uh, for many of you who follow me on Twitter, saw some uh, cool personal news for me this past week. I became a dad for the first time and uh, shared a picture on uh, my Twitter account. Tell you what, a lot of people uh, tweeted back at me, and I've heard from uh, a lot of folks out there, listeners and so forth. That really means a lot, so if you didn't, it's uh, it's no big deal. But for the folks out there that did uh, take a moment to uh, say something, that's really cool. I thank you for doing that, and it means a lot. And I could do an entire podcast about my first four days being a father, but I will talk some baseball. That being said, <laughs> it has certainly been uh, a whirlwind of the last uh, few days for me and also uh, making sure to keep uh, up to date with everything that is uh, going on in the world of baseball. But uh, for those of you who are fathers out there, you obviously know what I'm talking about on what it's like for the first few days. So with that, we'll just jump right in uh, to the podcast uh, this week. Our featured guest is going to be uh, Nicholas Zettel from Baseball Prospectus. He'll join us in just a few moments, but let's get to this week's Headlines of the Week. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week. All right, let's get to this week's Headlines of the Week. First off, a special guest this past uh, week during uh, spring training, a couple days for the Brewers as Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield was in the house. He's got a uh, pretty close relationship with uh, Christian Yelich, so he came and spent a couple days in camp, took some BP, uh, coached uh, over at first base at one point in time. He joked about trying to get a uh, an at-bat at some point during the Cactus uh, League game, but uh, that was not going to uh, happen. I'm sure the Cleveland Browns were probably pretty happy that uh, that did not happen. Uh, some cuts over the last few days. A couple of the bigger names that have left Major League Spring Training Pitcher Adrian Hauser, who we've seen work a lot as a bullpen guy in the big leagues, he's going to go to AAA San Antonio where he's going to focus as a starting pitcher. Now what that really means in terms of his role when he gets back to the big leagues, that remains to be seen, but he is going to start at AAA. And also uh, Jacob Nottingham, who really kind of found himself even further down on the catching depth chart this past offseason after the acquisition of Yasmani Grandal, uh, he also ends up heading uh, to minor league camp as well. Speaking of the catching situation, Manny Pena evidently was uh, a little bit banged up this past week. He had tweaked his knee. Craig Council said on uh, Sunday that that's why he was held out for a couple games. But he is uh, back and ready to go and uh, should be playing again when uh, play is going to resume coming up on Tuesday. Jimmy Nelson has appeared in a couple games. That's good. They are taking his process uh, very, very, very slowly uh, as they want to make sure that uh, he is he is really ready when uh, he finally gets back to the big leagues. He's in all likelihood, barring something crazy happening, and we talked about this on last week's podcast, 
podcast. Uh, it does not appear that he is going to be on the opening day 25-man roster, uh, whether he's going to stick at extended spring training, whether he's going to break with one of the minor league clubs, that remains to be seen. But he hit 95 miles an hour on the uh, gun in his most recent outing, so that was uh, that was pretty good. As far as starting pitching goes, uh, we've seen uh, Freddie Peralta, we've seen Brandon Woodruff, we've also seen Josh Tomlin uh, really take nice steps forward, and certainly uh, they are in the competition for the uh, one of the five starting rotation spots. We know Yolisha Chassin is going to have one of those spots. In fact, he was named the opening day starter this past week. Jeremy Jeffress, we'll see when he gets back onto a mound. Uh, he's dealing with some uh, right shoulder weakness right now. Uh, he has been playing a little bit of catch, but is not thrown off a mound. So his availability for the opening day 25-man roster, that seems a little bit questionable as well. Those are this week's Headlines of the Week. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers X-Trains, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. It is time for a social media conversation, bringing in uh, Nicholas Zettel, a guy that we've talked to a whole bunch. You can uh, read him uh, at uh, baseballperspectus.com. Of course, they are continuing to go through uh, the transition where BP Milwaukee doesn't exist so much so uh, anymore, and uh, it, it's still seemingly a process. We'll talk a little bit more about that in, in just a bit, but really, really cool things. What's going on right now uh, at Baseball? Baseball Perspectus. We welcome in uh, Nick uh, Nicholas. Nick, uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, Matt. Uh, thanks so much for having me on today. Yeah, we uh, appreciate you taking uh, some time. I'm just going to start really generally with you. This is kind of how all these conversations start during spring training. What's the what's the item or two that's really jumped out at you as Brewer spring training has uh, been going on? Oh yeah, yeah. That's I think this spring the the item that's jumping out at me is is crucial injuries i think um you've got you've got jimmy nelson's return uh he's he's healthy and on the mound but it looks like the news uh the news on him sounds like they're gonna go really slow and carefully with him so um there's a chance that he's not going to be on the, the opening day roster and then there's uh jeremy jeffress's injury is uh is really kind of problematic it sounds like uh, they don't have a whole lot of information about that and then there's the the wall knee injury as well um that is is kind of concerning so i you know i try not to be negative about this stuff but it just seems like this spring all of a sudden they have they have a lot more injury question marks uh entering the season than than they did last year it feels like from a uh, from a pitching standpoint, specifically relief pitching, you mentioned Wall and you mentioned Jeffress. Uh, this was a really, really good bullpen last year, and a lot of those pieces are back, and there was obviously a lot of competition going on. Do you feel like even if those guys miss some time, and, and one of them is going to miss substantial time, but even with those guys missing time, do you feel like that this team is built to be able to to, uh, to uh, sustain injuries at the in the bullpen? You know, I... I think they are, even though even though the those injuries immediately play into the depth of the team, and and it's going to really put some guys on the spot. But the upside of that is, if you look at if you look at the silver lining, there's going to be a chance for some of these guys to win a job. So maybe maybe someone like Bubba Derby gets a chance. Um, I know he's he's one of these guys that doesn't have the fastball velocity that lights lights have uh, you know 
lights everything on fire, but he's, he's potentially someone that could come in as a command based guy, uh, for an organization that really likes low velocity guys. So, you know, there's someone like that who could win a job or, um, you still have Corey Knable and Josh Hader who are hopefully could both be fantastic relievers at the same time this year. They didn't really have a chance to work together at their peaks, uh, at the same time last year. So, you know, I think I think you're going to see that volatility in the bullpen where maybe maybe those injuries lead to lead to someone new being an impact reliever for the Brewers in in 2019. It's amazing to me that the story that was one of the biggest stories at the start of spring training has really kind of settled into a non-story, and that's Mike Moustakis at second. Seemingly he's done everything that uh, they want him to do. There just seems to be a, a pretty high comfort level with him being able to man the second base position. And I just, I really thought when he got signed and we went through this experiment, this was going to be something that we were going to be watching for every day, and there was going to be stories on Moustakis turned, uh, committed an error, Moustakis couldn't turn the double play, but it, it hasn't been a non story but it, it certainly hasn't been a huge story uh wh- what's kind of your takeaway on that so i think one of the things that i've always stressed in debates about this online is that the, the thing you always have to have a caveat about with the brewers is they're shifting that they they use really really aggressive shifts with second base and shortstop compared to the rest of the league they just they really are going to put their players in a position to succeed. Um, I was just catching up on some news articles and I read about Orlando Arcia specifically that they'll, they'll put someone like Arcia in a spot where he might have to make the toughest play they could expect or, or really get him to be the most likely person to field the ball. And so when you think about, when you think about putting an elite defender like Arcia in specific positions to take the brunt of the defense, then you can do something like second base, which is uh, which is really radical with Mike Mustakas. Uh, it, it's just nobody has ever done this before. Pretty much, there there is just a great piece on Baseball Prospectus about this that he's he's a really unprecedented move to second base, given the point he is at his career and the fact that he wasn't a shortstop before his move to second base. But when you're when you're thinking about a system, when you're thinking about this is this is a defensive system where they're going to try and put players in the best position to succeed with their skill sets. But I, then I think it makes total sense that you could just put someone there and say, you know what, we're going to shift them a lot. We're going to, we're going to play them to his strengths. And it, it, it's almost, it's almost worth thinking about the Brewers infield as not having positions whatsoever, that they're just going to put guys in places where they need to be to make, uh, to make out. You mentioned Jimmy Nelson and the fact that he's, in all likelihood, he's not, Craig Council has said opening day is not their goal right now, so they've all but said this guy's not going to be on the opening day roster. To me, it makes sense. Get him, get him. whether it's a little bit of time more in an extended spring training and then maybe getting him a, a double-A appearance, you know, especially now with triple-A not being in Colorado Springs, uh, you can get him a, a more a legit look at triple-A in, in San Antonio. I like the idea of going slow with him. I think you know what you lose from him in April, you can probably make up for later in the year. Where do you feel? Where, where do you fall on Jimmy Nelson and uh, his availability at some point over the course of the season? Yeah, I I tend to agree with your take on that. Um, I'm just really really nervous about how it's going to work. Um, 
just because one thing that kind of bugs me is the amount of press on his return that I think this is going to be something where, you know, if he's going to instructional ball instead of a, uh, an advanced minor league assignment right off the bat, that should show that the organization needs to work with him on some things, you know, to get him back to be fully mound ready. And the, the amount of scrutiny that fans are putting on Nelson just doesn't seem to bode well with that, that type of assignment that I I'm really concerned that it's going to turn into this thing where everyone's watching Nelson uh, at the complex level and, and pouring over every result when really it's going to be a process where if he's on the mound and healthy in the MLB in July, that's, that's a success right there that there's not, there's not even a performance measurement I'd put on Nelson to say like he has to do X, Y, and Z to be a success. It's just, you got to get him to the MLB healthy. And if he gets to the MLB healthy, that's, that's an incredible success for 2019. And then you see what comes after that. So I, I, I think you're right to point out taking it slow is the right way. I, I think you got to be really cautious with Nelson. And I just, I really hope that once the regular season games start, the the spotlight goes off of him a little bit because he needs he needs that space to to get ready to be the best possible pitcher he could be in the MLB um, and I just don't know that that the news cycle is ready for that right you know is right for that uh, in spring training no it's not and, and I would take a step back I look at last year and you know I deal with people calling and texting all the time into the post game show and I can't tell you every week. I would have somebody say, you know, in the first half of the season, every week somebody would say, well, at the All-Star break, when Jimmy Nelson comes back, you know, that's like a, that's like getting a, a mid-season trade. And I would repeat, oh, I never thought that Jimmy Nelson would pitch next season. And if he did pitch, I would think, I thought that maybe September call-up, if they're not really in the running for anything, yeah. you know, give him a chance to maybe go into the offseason on a regular offseason by appearing at a big league game. But once they were competitive, I never thought he was going to pitch next, last season. And it was it was funny because... Uh, and again, I know not every person out there listens to every single post game show and, and everything, but I can't tell you it became a running joke of how often we would have callers and texters and people talk about how different the team was going to be last year once Jimmy Nelson returned. And for for whatever reason, it seems like there's been a disconnect from the start of the extreme nature of this injury, the, yeah. la- the the fact that this injury isn't a baseball injury, this isn't something the pitchers deal with very often, so this is almost uncharted territory. We don't, if a guy has Tommy John surgery, we can say, okay, this guy's going to be out this amount of time, then once he gets back, he's, there's going to be this period where he's kind of getting back to form, and you know, by, by month 18 or whatever it might be, he's probably back towards we can't do that with Jimmy Nelson. We have no clue yeah. how that shoulder mm-hmm. is going to respond. Yep. It's, been a, it's been really interesting for me for the last year and a half watching uh, the reaction to the injury and the way people have dealt with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I just think like, I, I don't know how to say this in a way. I I don't mean this is something like actually critical of Nelson, but it's more like how fans process this thing. And it's like the, the pressure put on him to be an ace is just unbelievable that like you think about every pitcher's progression, uh, pitching is such a volatile thing. Like, if if a pitcher if a pitcher works consistent seasons back back and forth, you know you're you're probably two consecutive years in a row. You're, you're uh, the amount of runs you can prevent in a season is probably going to fluctuate by ten or so, uh, just on average. So like you could 
you could conceivably do just about everything right two consecutive years and and have your production fluctuate by one win, which is substantial. And no one the 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 Nelson injury almost made it impossible to see like was his 2017 even going to be the next step for him? Was he really going to become an ace to begin with? Was it a one year wonder? Is he going to just be an average guy? Is he going to like fall somewhere in between? Is he going to eventually become an elite reliever? You know, there's all these role questions about him that existed in the first place. And, and that's not a detriment to Nelson. He's an elite MLB pitcher. He's really, really good, but it's, it's just like now, now Brewers fans seem really, really fixated on the idea that we're getting this ace back. And it's like, well, I, I don't know if that's fair to Nelson to put that pressure on him. And the thing is, he can still be considered a success on the mound, even if he's not an ace. You know, there's other roles for him to have in the MLB. So it's just, I, I'm really, it's just really interesting to me how, how much fans really attach that to, to Nelson in particular, uh, as opposed to other other players, they don't seem to put that type of absurd pressure on. Do you think, I wasn't planning on talking about this with you, but, but I'll ask you nonetheless, when, when we go back two years, if Jimmy Nelson doesn't have that injury, the Brewers are probably a playoff team. They, they win at least one more game with Jimmy Nelson. When you look back at, at what they did two years ago and all the different guys they yeah. were starting and everything, is, does, does he almost represent more... Than, than what he is in the sense that two years ago he was the difference between the Brewers not making the playoffs and potentially making the playoffs? That's such a good point. I, I never actually even thought about that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite a counterfactual, right, to think about what, what could have been. And, yeah, maybe there's something to that, but that's kind of, like, stuck. It's more more of that, like, 2017 season, like, you know, that feeling that they were so close and that they just missed the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that's that's a really good point. want to get into some of the rule changes that are going to be coming with you, and I know you've got some pretty strong opinions on it. And it's almost like it's it's baseball reacting to the way the Brewers got into the postseason last year and the way they went about the postseason. Because over the course, there's a bunch of rules. I'm not going to go through all of them. But the ones that I think most impact the Brewers um, for over the next two years – uh, there's going to be no more trade waivers, so those deals that happen uh, during the month of August are not going to exist anymore. And obviously, the Brewers uh, did a lot. There are a lot of teams do that. That's not just a Brewers thing. That's a that's a lot of teams. Uh, the, uh, the also the September call-ups are going to move from a 40-man roster to a 28-man roster, and we saw the way the Brewers were able to utilize all aspects of the 40-man roster. Uh, the three batter rule. That's another rule that's going to go into a in 2020, where a pitcher has to face a minimum of three batters, um, and pitchers have to spend at least 15 days on the injury list. I guess, just real generally, what are your thoughts as these rules have come out? Uh, I just the, the simplest answer is I think it's I think it's solutions in search of a problem. Yep. You know, like I just. These pitching changes drive me nuts. Let me tell you, I, I love baseball. Baseball's the only sport I watch regularly. It's, it's you know, I'm a baseball fan first and foremost ahead of everything, and I, I can't stand the pitching changes. I just, it's, it's just, it drags. It's so slow, and 
And from an entertainment standpoint, I get that it's not an enjoyable thing. But you've got to look at it from the standpoint that these are these are professional teams in a multi-billion dollar entertainment industry that are trying to win. And I just, I really don't like any rule that's attacking how, how teams can win. Like that, that's just the bottom line there. You know, if, if the Brewers want to send Wade Miley to the mound in the playoffs and, and pitch one batter and then make a pitching change and they think that's going to make a difference and they think that's something they can do to win and maybe trick the Dodgers into putting a certain lineup out, that's, that's a valid strategy. You might not like it. You might not you might not enjoy watching it, but that's that's something that's a valid way to win a baseball game. And so um I just it, it just really bugs me. And then uh I, I don't know if we want to go into the minor league pay thing again, but like these these September call ups are huge yep. money to some of these fringe roster guys, you know. They'll make you know, these 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 guys that might get 10 days, 15 days in September in the big leagues, that might be their biggest paycheck in the history of their MLB career. And it's just, it's really frightening to see that rule change without any overall change in minor league pay structure. So I think some of the stuff, it it just seems like I I don't know what MLB is actually trying to accomplish here because it's just, it's not clear to me that it's going to be easier for teams to win, like find strategies to win games or that, that this even like tackles a legitimate problem. So that's that's kind of my biggest takeaway is like what what's the problem that they're trying to solve? Yeah, the argument is always that the game changes in September when you have the larger roster, and that's that's true. But if you still want to give these guys the opportunity, put together a game day roster. Have forty guys, but have a game day roster of twenty eight. And if a game goes into extra innings or something, maybe you're allowed to expand that so some of these guys can get opportunities. But why not do that? Why? Yeah, I think there's yeah. a, there's, and that's just off the top of my head. It, it seems like there's a million other things they could have done, including nothing, which would make more sense right. than this. <laughs> yeah, I agree completely with that. And it's just, you know, I wonder. I, I wonder because, like, it's so tough you know, you've been around the game a long time and I know you know this, like, especially from covering the minor league vantage point, like player development is so hard. And that if you can even get a look at somebody in September in the MLB environment, even if the game changes a little bit, that's, you know, you're, it's really important to get these looks at guys. Like you can't, I mean, the, the other, the other option is I, I actually thought about this over the off season is when they were talking about these changes initially, why not, why not have a 40 man roster the entire year? You know, like, why not, why not say MLB teams could use anywhere between 25 and 40 guys. And like you said, maybe, maybe for every game, you have to set like a certain active roster. It's just like, I don't know how else you figure out how you're going to build these marginal roster roles that are so important to the game right now. Like these guys that are on the edges of the MLB, they're crucial to teams. And no one talks about that, that these guys, they don't get much name recognition, but, but MLB teams really need these guys to win. So uh, it's just, I, I don't know what they're doing. I, I feel bad. And I know nobody, you know, gets drafted into, into professional baseball and says, you know what? I am going to be the lefty specialist who comes in and gets one guy out. That's going to be my role. I know no 19-year-old being drafted is saying that. But that being said, like as you go along, guys become that. 
And I feel like yeah. any, any rule that all of a sudden takes a position that has existed and just, you know, throws it out. And I don't know what the equivalent is. It's not like in, in football you can say, well, they're not going to have offensive linemen anymore. They're not going to have wide receivers anymore. I guess there's, there's talk about getting rid of punting. I guess you're not going to have punters anymore. I guess maybe that's something. But I just <laughs> I feel bad for these guys who have been yeah. the, the lefty specialist who all of a sudden their value has dropped exponentially oh, yeah. because of what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and like – the lefty specialist is one of the things I love about baseball compared to football and some other sports is that it just, it seems a little bit less serious in certain ways. Like, like a lefty reliever who only faces left-handers, that's kind of an absurd role. And now you have these kind of, there is this growing role of like right-handed only guys who were like these relievers where maybe you don't use them as extremely as loogies, but but they mostly are right-handers who face primarily right-handed batters. And that's fun. That's just, that's a way to win a baseball game. You have to get, all you have to do to win is get 27 outs. And if you can pinpoint X, Y, and Z player and say, you know what, this guy, he might not get me four outs, but he could get me two outs. And he's going to get me two outs in the sixth or seventh inning with runners on base. Like, like think about Brian Schaus. Like, uh, it, he, he comes to mind as like, you're telling me that's not a valuable role. The guy, the guy practically came in with one inherited runner per inning pitched when he worked in Milwaukee. So it's just like, like this is this is a way to win baseball games. So that's I think what disappoints me the most. So yeah, I, I share your sentiment that that I, I really feel bad for that type of role player because it's it's a legitimate MLB role. I kind of chuckle. I, so I work in radio, and in radio, two things matter, ratings and revenue. And generally, one leads to another. If you've got high ratings, you're going to have high revenue. But if you have, yep. a, if you have a station that has l- really, really low ratings, but for whatever reason, they still bring in gobs and gobs and gobs of money, nobody's changing anything. Nobody's upset about the ratings. Like Everybody's happy about the money that's coming in, and you can deal with it. Would you like to have better ratings? Sure. But you got you got the money. The money is going to always be more important than the ratings. So here we are with baseball, and revenue has just grown and grown and grown and grown exponentially over and over and over over the course of the last 10, 15 years, yet they're worried that maybe the TV ratings aren't quite what they are. and the, you know It seems so odd to me that the money is there, yet they're still trying to make yeah. these changes. Yeah. I was thinking about this um, with, with Atlanta recently, where they, I don't know if you saw it, but because, I don't know if it's because, of, uh, because they're owned by a media, media company or what, but they, their media company had to make disclosures about the Braves' finances. And um, this is a team that didn't spend a lot of money in the off season and, and is like really, really primed to become this, like this, this profit machine. Cause they, they have this huge real estate empire now and they have, they have these huge TV contracts. They, they have all this stuff in line and, and they're not even, they're not even spending money on the big league club. They didn't go out and get any of the elite free agents that were available and their owner said something amazing a few years back. Their owner said pretty much, you know, the, the Atlanta Braves are a fairly substantial real estate company right now, basically. So, so the idea was that Atlanta 
Atlanta understands that you, you don't even necessarily have to field the baseball team as your primary business anymore. Mm-hmm. And part of me wonders when MLB talks about fans losing interest in the sport, part of me wonders if that's more it than, than like the fact that loogies are marched on the field, you know, that you got to watch a left-hander face one batter and then you got to watch another pitching change. It's like, isn't it more important that some of these teams are taking in extreme profits and, and they're not going out and, you know, paying for, for Manny Machado, you know, it's just, it, there, there's what seems to be a disconnect there. And who's going to bring in more people through the turnstiles, Craig Krimble and, and Dallas Keuchel or the number five starter or the, you know, the, the, the closer on the 20th best team in baseball. Like these guys are just still out there. What's what, I, yeah. I, it's, it's incredible that, and I want, I want to touch on this a little bit with you and we've got a little bit more than I wanted to, but it, it's incredible to me. Just, it seems like the, the priorities are, are so in the wrong direction, uh, for, for, for people in baseball. Like I, I'm not completely sure what you can do about the free agent market. I'm not sure how baseball can force owners to try to spend more money. I think, I think it's a really interesting conversation and a really delicate thing, but, but that doesn't mean that it's not a problem. And then it right. also doesn't mean that these other things that we're talking about actually are not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's just, yeah. And thanks for reminding me, by the way, that Kimbrell, I can't believe Kimbrell's still a free agent. That's just, like, he went unsigned for so long that there were weeks that I had just assumed that he must have signed that I missed the news. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's one of the most elite relievers ever pitched in baseball. And uh, surely there's 30 teams that could use one spot of improvement in their bullpen. But that just, that blows my mind. But that, uh, yeah, I, I share your point too, that I, I think you said it really well, that I don't know how MLB is going to change that behavior. Cause the point is they, they are so profitable right now. They're, they're just a revenue machine. And now, now they're going to have gambling revenue on top of that. It's just going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see what the culture on the game becomes in the next few years when, when it's just apparent that they, there's such a healthy organization in terms of bringing in revenue. But the question is like, do they even like baseball? Like what, what's, where's the joy in the game right now? You know? Yeah. A lot of people criticize Bud Selig, and I know in Milwaukee that's a that's something that a lot of people don't want to hear. But as somebody who lived outside of Milwaukee for a long time, there were a lot of criticisms of Bud Selig. I don't think Bud Selig was perfect, but the, at the end of the day, I knew one thing about Bud Selig: the man loved the game of baseball. Man, he loved the game of baseball, and his decision his the decisions he made were being directed by his love of baseball, whether you agreed with it or not. And 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 you're right. Like sometimes it feels like does does the office of the commissioner of baseball do they even like the game the way it is? Yeah, yeah, right. Like you, it, to my mind, like I've I've followed baseball as an everyday fan for for close to my goodness, for close to like 15 or 16 years now. And, um, the, like the game has just morphed into this thing where there's athletes playing the game that I never thought would, I never thought I would see people as athletic as some of the players that are, are playing the game now. You know, they just, it just, it's become like a, a more interesting sport in that it seems like it's a more physical sport than it used to be. It's, you have, people who can make fielding plays that I just, it's hard to remember like one to nine 
15 years ago that MLB had as many athletes as they do now that they had as many like elite breaking balls that they just, it just seems like there's so much you could highlight about the game right now. And I'm not saying that the game, I mean, I even liked the game 15 years ago. I thought it was really fun when you used to have these relievers and starting pitchers who would throw like 85 sometimes. And you're you're like, how is this guy getting guys out? That was fun too. But like, there's just, there's so much that can be loved about the game right now. I think the league is really missing it by just not like, just focus on that. Focus on all these great stars, you know, focus on the fact that, uh, baseball perspectives wrote about this. Um, like the best crop of young star players from Puerto Rico ever has come up, you know, just in the last couple of years or, or focus on, you know, the fact that Mike Trout is Mickey Mantle pretty much, you know, it's just, there's so much lore. There's so much history already happening in the game. And it's just, I'm worried that, that the common fan that they could attract is just missing that. Cause there's so much negativity. They, MLB only says like, Oh, why is baseball dying? But it's not, it's, it's as good as it's ever been, even if it's different. I, I just casually saw this as a tweet, so I don't know the exact details. I should have clicked on it uh, and, and really read on it, but there was a list of the 100 most well-known athletes that was put out. Now, I don't know if this was a 100 most well-known in the United States or most well-known uh, in the world, so I, I'm speaking a little bit from a, from a position of ignorance right now. But on that list, whatever it was, there was only one Major League Baseball player. It was Bryce Harper, and I think he, I think I saw he came in at number 99. Whether it's the United States or the world, that's that's insane that baseball and again you look at all the money that baseball's bringing in the fact that they cannot uh, do anything for their stars and that only one player from major league baseball is on this list like there's your problem you want to find a problem in baseball there it is go make your stars well-known people and everything else is going to take care of itself yeah yeah absolutely it's just it seems like other other leagues are getting this right like uh I just recently started following the NBA a little bit more and they seem to be a lot more, they seem to be a lot more player friendly, uh, from the league, from the league perspective than, than MLB is from with their commissioner's office, you know, like I know the NBA still has its labor issues or questions in some cases, but they seem to understand that you sell a sport by making stars or you sell a sport by making characters, you know, or, or even just making gifts, gifts of, of great dunks or something, you know, or like absurd plays. And I think MLB has finally started getting on a little bit of that. Like all they have to do is promote these players and the rest will, the rest will follow. Yep. Hey, uh, what's uh, last time we talked? Uh, you guys were kind of still going through the process of, you know, B, for people who used to follow BP Milwaukee, Baseball Prospectus Milwaukee, all the team sites have now been funneled into a, a single content source at uh, baseballprospectus.com. Uh, T- talk to me a little bit more about that and uh, what that process has been like and what people can uh, find right now. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, Baseball Prospectus is, uh, we're, we're still rolling uh, a, a lot of the editors that were rolled into the big site, we're, we're still working on pitches and we're working on features. Um, we're, we're taking it really slowly to get, to get the potential new content forms that we wanted to do. We're, we're doing that right. So um, it's just a totally different editing experience right now than it was at BT Milwaukee, which was very fast paced, had to get content out every day, you know, um, had to, had to get writers that way to, 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 you know, really have regular, 
fast-paced content. And so um, I, I'm just having a, a great learning experience working on building more in-depth features and things like that. So um, I really, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. I don't know. I don't know what the finished product is going to end up looking like, but right now we're just, we're editing a bunch of features that should hopefully be incorporated into the site soon. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a really good experience. And do want to remind folks that the uh, Baseball Prospectus uh, 2019, uh, the big book, it is it is out. It's available at Amazon and everything, so people can certainly check that out as well. Right on. Yeah, absolutely check it out. It's, uh, it's a real, real fun labor uh, from the writing and editing standpoint. Baseball Prospectus puts their heart and soul into that. So... Uh, and, and uh, it's just, it's it's a lot of fun. So I hope that readers have as much fun with it as we do putting it together. Well, hey, we really appreciate your time. We'll do this again once we, our next conversation, games are going to be playing that uh, that matter and certainly enjoy that, but uh, look forward to that. But uh, as always, enjoy our conversations. These are fun for me, and I look forward to doing it again real soon. Absolutely. Always enjoy it, Matt. Thanks so much. Nicholas Zettel joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. We certainly appreciate him taking some time. And we are into the final full week of Major League Spring Training. Monday the 18th, it is going to be an off day. Then the Brewers are going to play at home against the Rangers on Tuesday, travel to take on the Padres on Wednesday, home against the Dodgers on Thursday, home against the Reds on Friday, split squads coming up on Saturday. One group uh, will take on on the Rangers on the road while another group will be at home against the Royals and then Sunday the 24th they will take on the Diamondbacks as uh, they will then uh, we'll just look ahead to the end of spring training Monday the 25th uh, they'll take on the Blue Jays also on the 26th they'll take on the Blue Jays as well those games uh, being played at Olympic Stadium in Montreal and then 28th it's going to be the opener for the regular season as uh, the 18th Monday the 18th that represents the final off day in spring training. And uh, after that, it is full go until the end. As far as the broadcast schedule goes for this upcoming week, uh, the game uh, coming up on Tuesday, that's against uh, Texas and Maryvale. Uh, that's going to be on WTMJ. In fact, all the rest of the broadcast from here on out will be on uh, WTMJ. Our slated games on 94.5 ESPN FM have uh, wrapped up for the spring. But uh, Tuesday's game will be on WTMJ at 2.55. Thursday's game against the Dodgers on WTMJ at 2.55. And Saturday against Kansas City will be on WTMJ at 2.55. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Brewers Extra the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Next week, it's going to be our preview of the season of uh, the home opener and of opening day, as this is the last podcast before a week where games that matter are going to be played, if you can believe it. It's going to be right around the corner, and we are certainly looking forward to that. Once again, my thanks to uh, Nicholas Zettel for uh, joining us, and we look forward to talking to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings Podcast, powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to the home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.